Good morning, golf nuts. I was going to say golf enthusiasts, but we're uh, we're live here at the uh, Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Welcome to the Club Pro Chatter number six, Jack Warrell. This is brought to you by the Minnesota Section PGA and the Section's charitable arm, PGA Reach. I am Greg Snow, fresh off of a heart attack, which we'll get into. Uh, head pro at the Olivia Golf Club, and I'm along with my uh, my guest and good friend, Jack Warrell, head pro of the Pines at Grandview Lodge. As I said earlier, we're here for, at the uh, Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, day one, Friday early. You came down last night, Jack, drove in that snowstorm. What was that like? Uh, drove very slowly, 40 miles an hour. I had four-wheel drive, thank God. And, you drove uh, your truck? I did. We did. We normally would take a Grandview van, but those are uh, not good in winter conditions, and the golf show always has a little bit of a winter storm for some reason. And this show has moved around at time to time. I think it used to be in March at one point. And, again, we hit weather and that. When I was at Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, it seemed like we'd run into some weather in March. It didn't matter what the dates were. And this year it seems pretty early, the golf show. And here we are again. Just doesn't matter. Up. Yeah. Doesn't Eight, seem to matter. My 18th golf show here. So it's, it's Really? I, honestly, I think there's been a snowstorm maybe 10, 10 out of the 18. All right, before we get into uh, everybody's favorite segment, the apologies, I want to I found out that we're not paying you today. <laughs> that you are <laughs> that you are just on a on a uh, what do they call that? Uh on a 10 year on a pro I'm a, bono, I'm a 10 day contract. Yeah, well, yeah, without the pay. <laughs> so I want you to take uh, 30 seconds, 40 seconds and do your boss's proud and plug a little Grandview Lodge. Uh, you know, like I said, 18 years here at the golf show Grandview Lodge. Um we love representing the golf show being here and seeing our customers. Um right now we're our biggest thing we're pushing is uh, we plan it, you play it. So our golf packages are set up to make it very easy for you. We have Kelly and Tim, who you know real well, and they uh, can set you up with a golf package, cater it to exactly the way you want. And when you get here, all you have to do is play. You have the lodging right, the food right, the golf right, and uh, that's what we try to do the best uh, that we can. And we uh, would love to have you come to the show and see us, talk to us a little bit, and maybe we can get your group to Grandview Lodge. And a lot of people do go to Grandview Lodge. You know, hey, did you know that I'm booked for middle of a- or for the beginning of April for a uh, a county commissioner deal up there? Wow. Yeah, I got pretty excited when I saw that. Did on you there. push that for us? Um, I asked the bosses or the other county commissioners. I said, "Is this a good idea if I go to this leadership conference?" They're like, "Absolutely." And I'm oh, like, nice. "Okay, let's in. <laughs> let's do it." I think I can get some golf in with my buddy Jack. All right, apologies. I wasn't on the air last time. I was delivering some packages, as you guys mentioned, and I appreciate you stepping in for me. You said, uh, I hope Greg isn't too mad about it. I was actually ecstatic about it. You're one of my best friends, and, uh, again, I thought, what better guy to do it than Jack Worrell? And so my apology would be just maybe a correction from what happened. You guys had talked about where you and I had met, and you weren't sure where that was. It was at Hastings Country Club. I and figured it out later. Did you? Well, yeah. I'm sure. And so I, I remember just walking up the par three with the oh, fence on the right. The par three yeah. where I was like, you play basketball? And you're like, um, you play? Because, of course, I'm not in the most fit of shape as a person. Well, we, which as indicated we, by last week. Which we will get into again. <laughs> yep. And so you're kind of like, uh, you play? And so we play? And, yeah, that's how it kind of started it with the basketball. And then all of a sudden, uh, we actually both, I think, probably shot somewhere mid-70s because that was the deal uh, back then. Probably me, 80 you 70-something, and uh, you thought, I could be this guy's friend because he won't beat me too many times. <laughs> so uh, not really an apology, but more or less just kind of a correction for what happened. But I hear you have a couple of apologies. Yeah, and I, I listened this morning. I didn't hear too many mistakes from you guys, to be honest, and I didn't hear a lot of ums from your boy, Scotty Mack. Well, I, I completely disagree with you on that. I counted them this morning. Did I you really? To, yeah, 32 ums. He had. So that's funny you say that because I think I'm immune to him then. Yes, like I just can't catch him anymore. He transitions into everything with an um. So 
I, he, I did thought a, it was more like ah. Uh. He did a well. I mean, I count. I you counted that as an um. We got to thirty-two. Okay. I actually changed it to twenty-two to thirty-two because I started getting a little higher. But um, and also, you know, obviously, you not being there was my was my apology. Oh yeah. well, okay. That's all I got. That's it. Yeah. Those two. Yeah, it's pretty good. Show. So you're apologizing for Scott, who is in Florida right now. He did talk about maybe possibly calling in today. We'll see if that happens. We don't care if he does or doesn't. We got a jam-packed show. We love him to death, but. Uh, not the end of the world if we don't have an um here or there. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we'll still have some ums, I'm I sure. I would think so. We'll have some dead air. Uh, I did like that. That was the line of the time of the uh, of the podcast last time where you said uh, something about uh, the dead air between Mickelson and Tiger. Oh. And it was awkward. And you're like, our biggest fear here today. Yeah. I laugh really hard in the car. And my heart can't take that yet. <laughs> so... All right, speaking of that, let's get on to our, our next uh, uh, next topic here, which is the waste management, which is uh, a trip that I was really looking forward to and going out to see, and everybody knows they call it kind of the People's Open. Jack, and you've uh, done a trip every year to Arizona, and Haugen, uh one of your staff guys or head pro at the preserve, he goes every year. He sits on that tee box at number 16. This year he followed one of his buddies for a couple holes, and I was like, I want to do this. And so I took my club president. We flew down on Tuesday night. We ate at a uh, we ate at a hot dog stand on the side of the road. Uh, sketchy little area, <laughs> fitting. Yeah, sketchy little area. And I had had some symptoms a little bit the day before, and I told my wife this. So everything is everything is on the up and up. She knows what's going on. So I'm not I'm not fabricating anything. You're getting it from You're from the source. Hiding. So yep. right. So I felt some stuff the day before, but I battled through it like a champion, like a real man, and which most people who have heart attacks do. And so uh, people out here are listening. Uh, maybe this will help them and their symptoms. So the next that night, I tossed and turned all night in the hotel. Just couldn't get any sleep, but I was pain-free. So there was no issues there. Woke up, and all of a sudden I had all four of the symptoms that when because everybody goes to the Google, right, yep. and checks it out and says, am I really having one or is this indigestion? You know, I had swallowed a lot of Pepto. And uh, so anyways, I had I had chest pains my left arm i could i couldn't close my hand jack it was kind of one of these deals and then i vomited one time sorry for everybody who had to hear that and then what turned the corner for me to go to the hospital was randleman says i was it looked like i just ran a marathon I oh, was sweating, so sweating. so profusely. Well, so. hard to believe that those first three didn't get you to the hospital, but uh, <laughs> the sweating got you there. Oh, I wanted to golf so bad. Sure. I mean, we had a full day lined up with Jeff Oslin up at Tonto. We were going to play both the Peak and the Ranch. We were going to play with your your member, Preston Lumen, and then a gal who works for me, Katie Wolfel. I was really looking forward to that. And, of course, I call at 7 o'clock. So I, I go in at 6 at 7 o'clock, I call Katie. You're going to love this, Jack. This is so me. <laughs> you, the whole gonna, thing's you so far. You, right, but you're going to laugh. So we get Katie on the speakerphone. I go, Katie, we're not going to make our 8 o'clock tea time. <laughs> no, we have a 12.30 tea time we as well. Make it. In my mind, I thought <laughs> we might make that afternoon tea time. So while all that stuff's going on, oh, by the way, I was diagnosed with a heart attack at 8.30 in the morning. And by 9.30, I had two stints in me and one artery. Fully opened up. It was 100% blocked. Um, not very, it, really no heart damages from what they could tell, but we'll find out when we have this a cardiologist. This was a week ago, by the way. This, was, sure this was 10 was days ago. ago. This was a Wednesday, a week ago Wednesday. So anyways, I felt terrible because I wanted to take Randleman to the waste management. And the waste management is always one of my favorite to watch because it trends right into the Super Bowl. And that's kind of a big week for us. And also because my favorite golfer always plays in it. Um, I don't think he's your favorite golfer. Yours is Tiger, right? I like Tiger, yeah. Is Tiger your favorite golfer? Yeah. Okay, so I could see this event maybe not being a big deal for, or as big a 
big of a deal for you. It's a great he couch does, weekend. It's a yeah, couch weekend. It is, but he never plays in it or, or hasn't in yeah. the last 10 years. Used to. And so the reason I always, because I know Mickelson's going to play in it because he's from ASU and he's going to always play and I get to watch him. So I'm all juiced. We're going to go out there. We're going to find a way to have this heart attack. Can't get there. So my wife flies down. I didn't know that your spouse, Kelly, she gets a pass to get in there. I didn't know this. Oh, really? Didn't know that either. Right. Nice. So I find that out, and I go, Leanne, take Randleman over to the waist. Take him. I go, poor guy's sitting in here watching me make fun of nurses and yeah. doctors yeah. and the whole bit, right? It's time. Because I was doing it right. It was time. I walk around the halls telling people, I said, I've got to be in the best shape of anybody on this floor. And when this one nurse comes up, he goes, well, you know what they're calling you, right? I said, what? He goes, the young guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I go, well, I would imagine, you know, I'm 44 years old having a heart attack. But it happens. Uh, your dad passed away at a young age. 37. 37, yep. playing basketball, right? Yep. yep. And uh, so, again, uh, who's the first person I think of? You. Right well, Right? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. And, yeah. again, you called me right away. I'm sure that's what kind of went through your mind. Oh, I've been down this road, right? Sure. Well, now, it's a wake-up call for all of us, to be honest with you. So. It is a little bit, but I wasn't smart enough to not go to the waste. I went. I went on Sunday. Like I was going to say before when you were talking, the only thing to keep you away from going to play golf in Arizona was a heart attack. So, <laughs> and it's really true here. So the jokes before, I think you guys might have joked about it as well, is when we were going to sprint to the 16th tee, <laughs> who's going to have the first heart attack, me or Randleman, because he's not in great shape either, my club president. I can say that. It's okay. Now he's better. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, we know, now we know who's ahead. He said, he, but here's what he said, Jack. You're going to love this. He goes, you don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't do drugs, you don't have diabetes. He goes, I'm just going to drink more. He goes, this is ridiculous. He goes, why would I Why would I go through all this? You don't do any of that, and here you are having. But that family history is hard. I was glad to hear that you already have a cardiologist. I'm working on it. I have to make a new friend. So waste management, anyways, I went there, got my first experience. I am just shocked, Jack, at how vast these properties are, that they just don't look that big on TV. And then you get there, and you're like, where is 18? Sure. And it takes 20 minutes to walk from the gate to get to hole 18 even. I think that's why they're hosting these events, though, that, that you need that much room to have you know 720,000 people there, I think, a day, wasn't it, or something like that? It's Well, Saturday's ridiculous, yeah, and then it dwindles each day. You know. Especially a TPC course, they're designed for that, and all that room just you know allows that big of a crowd to be able to move around a little bit. So, Well, the waste management was a great experience for me. I got to walk down 18 with my wife, and again, I, it kind of gives you a new perspective of hole 17, which is becoming enclosed as well, just like 16. It's probably three grandstands away from being an entirely enclosed golf hole. And so we stood on 17, and that's the drivable par 4. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite hole in, in the waste management? I just like the end of it, to be honest with you. 16, 17, 18 are perfect. Great three holes to end it. I think it's great to watch. And uh, As good as uh, uh, Sawgrass? I think it's better than Sawgrass, personally. I, I just think that, you know, 17 is obviously a little more drivable. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's a. I think almost everybody in the field could get there. And, and there's some risk-reward, obviously, with the left side there. But, I, you know, 18 seems like a monster drive off that tee to get in, into the fairway. I we sent you that picture. We were talking about it, and I don't even know. I'd be aiming so far right to try and keep it in play. But um, I just I just think it's a great ending. And you, you saw Ricky had trouble in that last hole, and, and there's potential for problem. And you're going to get that uh, drama. So. And 18, 17 and 18 were playing way different on Sunday than they were the previous days because I was there, Jack. It was rainy. I actually got chilled a couple times, and people say, oh, maybe it was because your heart wasn't working right. Well, <laughs> I was fully functional at that point. You know, I had all the arteries cleared and ready to rock and roll, but we were a little chilled, and the ball wasn't flying as far. So the water on 18 off the tee came into play, which it really hasn't. <laughs> 
you know, during the course of the tournament because these guys are just bombing it. They had to put those church pews in because sure. they were just bombing over the sure, corner of that easy. water. Yeah. But to your point, there's a ton of room right. Is per- perfect good, for you. Good, yeah. I mean, just, even, if you, right up yeah, right even if you hit the cart path over there, the hill will catch the next one. It'll come back down. Not like 18 at Summerby where if you hit that cart path, it's out of bounds. You know what's crazy is on 18, that there was a 280 carry, a 280 force carry, I believe, right? Or 290? I, I believe it's 280 over the. You're saying over over water? To, yeah, towards that towards the church pew bunkers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you watched them that earlier that day and how much they were struggling. They were honestly, I watched the track man each time. They're doing force carries of 280, 260. Mm-hmm. Even the long guys were only hitting it 280. It was right. a completely different day. It was obviously really difficult. I mean, one of the announcers at one point said it's like a funeral out here, <laughs> and you could tell everyone was just down in the group, but. Uh, it's amazing how much different that plays and, and how easy it played the first two days from what I saw on TV. And yeah, that. it's so funny that people like offense in golf, don't they? Oh, yeah. You know, that's the thing is we, we don't know how to feel about the Super Bowl, you know, because of some people like defense, some people like offense. But in golf, nobody at those tournaments likes defense. And the course is playing some defense. You know, they don't. I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoyed watching them struggle, to be honest with you. You know, the one thing, obviously, and we'll get into it a little bit with Ricky and his drops, it was really, really difficult on them. It was a stressful moment, and they still pulled it together and made a, you know, it made a great putt on that hole to uh, to save, I believe, a seven. Seven, yes, yeah, correct. So, yep. I mean, that's pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, just so people know, Jack, you are battling hard here, and I love it. I'm you are fighting <laughs> like a champion right now, trying to keep that cough going without hitting the button. You have a cough button; feel free to use it. I don't mind talking. You know that? I mean, that didn't change. Yeah, when someone said you're going to go on the air and do a podcast with Greg Snow, I said, this won't be a problem. (laughs) I'll just sit and listen and chime in every now and then. Right, I can just, I can keep pumping up stuff. I mean, goodness, I got to stand on 17. We stood on the side of the hill. Oh, you got so many more things to do here. That's awesome. Um, I got to stand on the side of the, uh, to the right of the green. So again, uh, the cameras probably will never show that area, but we just stood there and watched three groups and all of a sudden, oop, we better head to the airport because it seemed to go really fast, but they put that pin on the last day right by that bunker, and I thought, well, it's there's a lot of room there. Nobody's going to hit it back there. Well, lo and behold, Brendan Grace, after he dropped, what did right he do? Right there, yeah. Yep, he chipped it right into that bunker, and again, he almost hold that thing when he uh, when he was trying to save par there, and that might have changed the game, but Ricky birdied it, Brendan Grace bogeyed it. That was a big turning point in the event. Obviously, they weren't in the same group, so you couldn't feel that, but when you look back on the scorecards, Kind of tells a little bit of a story there. What other notes do you have in there, Jack, about the number or about the waste management? Anything that's stuck out to you? And I know some of this might overlap into our, our next point. We want to kind of talk about the implementation of the new rules, but if they do, we'll just kind of work our way through it. You know, maybe we should talk a little bit about. You know, obviously there's been some controversy with the waste management, and is it getting a little bit too big? Oh, I'd love to talk um, about this. You know, obviously I'm a big fan of it because. It's what the waste management does. And I think if that stays at that location, great. People are saying, we should do this in all the other tournaments, and we should do it in closed and, and serve a lot of drinks and make it fun. But the truth is, I think it's, it's, it's fun for one event, and we can all get into it a little bit. But when it gets to another event, it might be too much. Um, actually, we have a, 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 this is a real good scenario here that to, to kind of talk about that point. But Adam Haugen. Our, our buddy, our, he, Haugen. Uh, he went, you know, obviously every year he goes with his buddies. Well, when they get there to check in, they got to run as fast as they can to get to 16. Oh, yeah. You should tell people what happened. Tell people what did happened he to Haugen. He did tell people. Oh, well, I, I this is so good. I kind of got some more detail on it, but, you know, Haugen's a big guy. What is he going? Uh, 260, well, I, 260, 6'2". I think 240-ish. Anyway, 240-ish, big guy. Um, he's in line. He's ready to go. And you would figure that he's going to kind of bull his way through right. and go. 
Well, it, the, the rush was so big that all the people that were checking tickets got completely overrun, and there's Adam on the ground getting trampled, literally trampled, he said. Literally, he's and at- he's sitting there going, what? is going on in this world yep. that I'm literally getting trampled. So I think at that point, maybe it's gotten a little bit too big. Jack, you see these fences here? Yeah. He, had, he said one of those was laying on top of him. He showed me a picture. Were, yeah. He showed me a picture. It was like literally a bomb went off, and he's sitting there on the floor, you know, wondering what happened. He still got to his seat, by the way, uh, but he had some buddies get there ahead of him. He did. He had some friends. So anyway, I mean, there's, there's some things that are, I think, you know, when they talked about, you know, Brandon Grace on uh, 16 green while he was putting was getting heckled by the Ricky Fowler fans. Okay, and that obviously, you know, there's got to be a point where we start saying, this might be a little bit too much. They do have a 10-drink cutoff, and I talked to Adam about that, and he has no idea how they would know who has had 10 or who hasn't. How do they get to other that? Other than writing the number on their forehead of how oh, many they've had. Oh, a little check mark. But uh, he said that people were coming and serving drinks within 16 the whole time, and no one's checking anything. So I think there's going to be a point where on the final day, with the final groups, they're going to have to do something. Maybe they get on the microphone and say, hey, we're going to cool it down for this one hole. So but, uh, great topic, Jack. I want to dive into this. we got a little time. I want to dive a hair deeper into this. Um, I had a gentleman stop in at the hospital and talk to me, and he just won't go anymore because sure. it's just too much of and a party. Some of, some of the top guys aren't going anymore because of that. And that's what I want to get that as a player. like Bubba Watson hates it. But he has to play because he's a sponsor or Waste Management is one of his sponsors. But he and tolerates it. And that would kind of be my argument if I, you were to ask me. I would say, well, you know what it is. Just deal with it, right? But what's your take on do they need to stop it at some point? Do they need to try to get some crowd control? Or do they say this is what it is at the Phoenix Waste Management Open? I, 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 think, <clears throat> I think they can stick with it the way it is right now. I do think they just need to tame it a little, little bit. And it might be just that time where, you know, there's events in your life where it's time to tame it down a little bit. We've gone a little bit too far. And maybe that's, you know. That's a shot, everybody. Yeah, that was a heart attack shot. Nobody could see that. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I think that, you know, in, they don't need to attract the good guys to attract people, obviously. They have right. great, a ton of viewers because it's a Super Bowl. They have a ton of people coming to it already, obviously. They don't need, I think, what was the top player? Number Was it Justin Ricky Thomas? Ricky Fowler, wasn't it? No, Thomas was ahead of Fowler. Oh, Justin Thomas, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. he's number four, maybe. But, I, you know, these other guys, obviously, they've decided they don't want to go. Um, and, and they went and played overseas, obviously, with a... Uh, you know, two million dollar guarantee. Right. So that's tough to compete against anyway. I, and if the if the Phoenix or the Wasted Management Open was wasted management, I just said wasted it. wasted management. I wrote that there. Oh my goodness! That's what they're saying. Some all people over have the said that. Yeah. Is it Brandel Chambly that absolutely? No. 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 no he the, likes it. No. It was. Uh, I can't think of it. You no. know this? Was it Hank Haney? No. No. One of those guys has called it that. The one before him. Um, yeah, they were calling it the Wasted Management Open the entire morning. Yeah. So that's where I got it from. But um, you know it. And it does have a little merit, obviously, but at the same time, you know, I think majority aren't going to be doing that. You know, it's just yeah, and, and I throw it into the U.S. Uh, U.S. Open category, sure, um, as it's, it's its own type of event. Embrace it for what it is. The I believe that it's good for golf. I I couldn't handle that every week. I, you and I went to Augusta together. How different is that crowd? Oh, it's not even close, right? I, you I know, mean, th- this is it's a little bit of party first, golf second. Uh, Augusta's golf everything, yeah, and uh, party, you know, is just a little bit a part of it. But I, I just, I, I think it's good for golf too. I really do. I, I see no problem with it being one week, and and this is it. We're going to party this week and have a good time and have a golf tournament. So. All right. Any quick more notes? You got a lot of notes there, Jack, and I love your preparedness. Because Scotty <laughs> rips me for never being prepared, and because I do, I. I I'm ready to have a cup of coffee and just talk about anything. So what do you got? I don't want your notes no, we're to good. go to waste. We're good. We're good on You're waste. happy about that? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. we're going to dive even further into waste management here as we're talking about the rules. 
And I, I just think it's about time, you know, we're a month into the new rules implication. Last uh, podcast, you guys had Vincent Becketeller, uh, newly engaged. Did he pick a, did he get a venue yet? Do we know? Jeff or Maggie? Did, has he found a venue for his wedding yet? <laughs> no, still looking. Okay, so we're going to keep plugging that maybe at the show. I mean, there's a lot of places here. Nebraska? Oh, my goodness. Oh, got to be a wedding venue here. Okay, that's fine. So you guys had Vincent on, and he explained a lot of these new rules. And, of course, you know, it's like I'm talking chainsaws sometimes to, to you or I where we just kind of lose interest after a little bit, except for the fact that we have some uh, we have some events that, oh, wait a minute, that's pertinent to us. Sure. So to the, to the PGA player, it seems like to me, Jack, that they're taking some of these rules a little bit personal, almost like it was um, – not thought out well enough, which I can tell you we heard about this for years. Sure. So the I, I just don't buy that, that it wasn't thought out at all. I, I think it was thought out very well. And I, you know, you and I have talked about this. I'm a huge USGA supporter. Sure. I, uh, Billy Horschel, he, he was one of the first guys I saw at Waste Management, by the way. I took a picture walking with Keegan Bradley. I sent it to randomly. I said, look at the first two people I get to see, the two people I hate the most. They don't like the and USGA. Well, Billy Horschel ripped the USGA at Chambers Bay for how everything was set up and sure. that whole bit, and I, I wanted to reach through the screen and backhand him, you know, because of how much money these guys make playing. You should listen to the Hank Haney show. You'd get even, get even I would more going more. there. Again, yeah. I'm a USGA supporter. Are they perfect? No, of course not. Nobody's perfect, but the U.S. Open is set up that way one time where par means something. Sure. Because in all the other events, they're trying to play offense, like we talked about earlier. We want the scoring. We want things to be at you know 18 under par, 19 under par, because it makes it look like they're playing great golf. It's the same as the waste management. We're going to have that one event where we're right. going to do this style, and that's what it's going to be, and they decided this way. So. And so what we heard from Vincent last time was that we're trying to simplify slash common sense. Okay, so let's start off with the first one that didn't feel like it was common sense, but I'm not even mad at the USJ for it. And more, better than that, Ricky Fowler wasn't mad about it. So I don't know those of you who watch, but Ricky Fowler hits it, uh, hits a chip shot that goes a little skippity, skippity da da past the pin. Should have gone in the bunker, doesn't. Rolls into the water. Should've stopped in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> right. Huh? You know what were you guys ripping about his golf ball? Or somebody was talking about We're tailor-made, guys, so that ball was going over. But the good news is he was up five because of that ball already. So right, okay. we're okay there. All right. So anyways, I thought that was good commentary by you guys, by the way. And so he drops. Of course, that's going to roll in the water. Drops again. That's going to roll in the water. By the way, this is not a new rule. This is not a new rule, exactly. But it's, again, one of those things that I was thinking about this, Jack. I used to um, uh, do rules for PATs. Yep. I'm like, what do I do here? Oh, my. <laughs> right out of gun. What is the rule for that? The first rule for a PGA Pro, go grab your book. Oh, <laughs> right, right, exactly. So so Ricky places it, walks up to the green, and while he's up there, ball rolls in the water. What's the first thing Ricky does? Oh, uh, what's that? Yeah. What's Right? Like you and I probably would have done if we were Absolutely. playing an event because we're thinking about the event. Maybe not so much the rules at that point. But as rules officials, when we have to be, you would sit there and you go, oh, that's something. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit to me. What's your feelings on a rule like that? Because Ricky was eventually penalized uh, one shot, basically saying that the ball rolled in was more or less his fault, even though the USJ will not say that and the rules will not say, hey, it's your fault. But it's just it's a penalty you'll have to incur. And we know we've had bad breaks before in golf sure. where you just have to accept and absorb it. And the best thing I heard, Jack, was Ricky didn't swear one time. He didn't throw a club. He didn't bark at the official. He did bark Did once. he bark a little bit? Just once. Okay, cr- he thank you. at the end. I was actually on the shuttle to the airplane when that all yeah. happened. Well, you were going through a lot of stuff at that I, time. I, right, and, and, and so I was watching it on my phone, and it was clicking in and out, yada, yada, yada. I'll take so, it a little further. Go ahead. I mean, honestly, 
if you've, if you've noticed lately, there's this huge focus on rules and the TV. As soon as someone has a rules problem going on, we just hone right in on it. It's all they talk about the next week. So I think that's why Ricky gets a little nervous when this happens because I want to make sure I get this right. Mm-hmm. We've had issues with, you know, Dustin and Tiger and Lexi and go down the row of all these people that have had rules issues and how it's affected this big tournament and, and, and you know, people agree with it or they don't agree with it. So when this happens, you know, Fowler's all of a sudden going, I better get this right, and I'm going to bring in an official. I think they bring in an official every time now, it seems like, because of that. And they don't want to be the next person to screw up and the next person to cheat or people call them cheaters. And, you know, so that's a big part of it. The, the, the rule itself, I think it makes sense. You know, if his ball would have stopped there and then rolled in, it would have been the same penalty. So I, I, someone looked at it that way on a, on a podcast recently, and I, I thought about it the same way. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. So, uh, you know, the other the other part of this, and I'm kind of going off on a don't, tantrum Don't here. you always say don't hit it there? Yeah, You absolutely. always say that. I do, because, you know, I, you know, we got a couple of buddies of ours that hit the ball an absolute mile, and they're way off line, but they're all the way up by the green, 340 Why yards. were you looking at Haugen while you were saying that? Well, because Haugen does that, and, okay. and, and he's on a bad lie, but he doesn't complain. But some other people complain about a bad lie. Right. They hit it 340, they're next to the green. Don't hit it there. <laughs> hit it where you're supposed to, in the middle of the fairway, like you're supposed to. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, I, you know I, I think the rules, all these new rules, anytime you do something new, there's going to be an adjustment period, and there's going to be criticism. And you can see already that the USGA is making some modifications to the caddy rule. And, and I think there's going to be modifications to the pin rule soon, to be honest with I you. I agree. Um, and, and obviously there's a huge debate, keep the pin in, keep the pin out, and we don't know what the heck to do anymore. So We haven't tried yet. I, we live I, in Minnesota. I haven't, but I, in my mind I already have that figured out. Uh, uh, I don't think you do. We're going to get into that. Okay. Because you on the podcast last time said that I'm sure going to take it out. And then when we talked off air in our production meeting, you said I might be leaving it in. I'm so pin in the whole way. What I'm a 180 in. you've done. Unless Bundy's holding the pin and I'm sitting there and I'm going to have to call him over to put it in. I did. And he won't. He'll eye roll me and I'll have to put it in. That's <laughs> it's the funny only you situation. say that, yeah. that I have said I am done tending the pin. I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Yeah, it's complicated. If somebody asks the 10, I'm going to say, ah, negative. Not tending. You know, the other part of this, too, I, I just heard someone else say something about the rules. Some really – you said these have been thought about. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Some smart people have thought yes. about this. Someone said, you know, some smart people set up the original rules that we're changing now, and they thought about it. So to change that is a big deal, and we've got to make yes. sure we're making those right decisions. Um, you should be pinned in, by the way. Uh, I listened to that part this morning, and I laughed really hard again because you guys were spot on with your oh. takes about me. You've played enough golf. I'm going to go pin in. I'm going to try to be a little more aggressive. That will help me mentally be more aggressive. You're the only person that will put a four-footer straight on and not touch the pin when it goes in. Right. It will just drip over the edge. <laughs> right, exactly. Maybe, Maybe, Maybe. If, it, if I don't leave it short. If the wind blows behind right, it. Right, which I did hand you that match play uh, thing uh, in our NCC at the end of the year because I couldn't make those four-footers. The good news is we now know why, and it was because you had a heart attack. Your heart was not pumping properly. I definitely wasn't 100%. And you couldn't get the putts there. That's We figured it out over right, the last right, right. 10 years. I definitely had some blockage. This didn't just happen overnight. <laughs> I have to believe you. Keep going on your, on your Ricky and all that stuff. You're going great. I love it. You know, <laughs> the other thing is this caddy, obviously. This caddy oh, I want to talk about that so bad. Um, I, I got hot on Twitter, Jack. I got hot about this on Twitter. Okay, what'd you say? Oh, you want my take first? Yeah. No, I can't. You, know you want me to do it? Because I'll get hot here. I'm, I'll raise I'm my a, blood level. We can't do that, remember? Uh, I need <laughs> you to talk me down. Keep the pressure low. Right, we've got to go lower. I'm a, I don't I'm think a, we have a defibrillator close, do we? Haugen, did you bring a defibrillator? We don't know if my blood pressure... Yep, okay. 
<laughs> He's got his troubles too over there. I heard that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, keep the keep it down a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, obviously, I'm a firm believer that the caddies should not be lining up the players. Amen. I mean, if if you can't line if you, if you can't line yourself up, then you shouldn't be a PGA Tour player. I, I I really firmly believe that. We also need to make it simple, which I think they did with the modifications. Is he addressing it or not? Period. It's that simple. And is it is it an honor game? Was I addressing it or not? If it was and it happened, well, right. we know. Right. If it wasn't, we shouldn't need to do, go to the TV monitor, do 10 replays to figure that out. Right. We should just know it. I think that the USGA got that right at the end Absolutely. of the day. Didn't you feel yeah, that? and they adjusted. I, I forgot who got the penalty, but they adjusted that back as well. And yep. it, I think they did get it right. You know, and, and if you're sitting, a caddy's sitting behind the guy, but he's looking down. And, right. You know, you saw him, uh, Spieth's caddy, I believe, wasn't it? That, no, no, it was, I didn't see it. Was it was Ricky's caddy. Okay, he was sitting there in his book, and you know Ricky's hitting ahead of him. And he, he goes, "Oh no!" And he ducked out of there. Right, you know, but he wasn't helping him. He was just sitting there. Right, which all along the rule had been you can't be back there during the swing, which is crazy. So, right, so yeah. right, so we could be raking a bunker, you could be filling a divot, you could be right. helping him out. We've the, always had that, so they just added it to you can't help line him up. Which I, you told me, um, I don't know, three, four, five days ago when we called, you were like, lining up is a huge deal. It's a big thing to being a professional golfer, and so. I couldn't agree with you more, and so to to follow up on Twitter, I got a little angry because I just hate seeing these Justin Thomases, these guys who have made millions off of golf for playing, rip the USGA for what they're trying to do, which is enforce the rules that have been thought out, talked about. Like you said, I, that was a great angle I've not even thought about. That was well. That was thought out long time ago, years ago, and obviously we always have modifications. Everything we do in life, Grandview Lodge has been is entire, entirely different than it was back in 1991. Your golf course, for example, the Pines, whole different. You can actually hit a ball out there now. Yeah, you know, back in 1990 or was it 94 or 91? What are we talking about? When it opened? Well, 1990. Yeah. 1990. That I remember I played there when I was in college, like in 93, and you just there's it's corridors. Nowhere to go. So things evolve, things change. I say that all the time about Augusta. You know, of why do they change stuff? Because And they're the best in the world. Greatest golf course in the world, I think. But they always change and modify. They want to get a little bit better. Sure. They want to do something better. So the USGA tries, and it just uh, it just bothers me, Jack, that these millionaires who are, I like them. I love Justin Thomas. And he's not going on my list yet. He's <laughs> not going on my Sergio, Billy Horschel, um, Keegan Bradley list yet. Okay? Okay. But he will get there if he keeps opening his mouth. And the reason why is because that... USGA is doing their best to try to enforce rules for fair play for everybody. And I know we have Minnesota section event members here or, or people that play, and I want to help Vincent with that. Is that when, when Vincent has to make a ruling, it isn't because he hates you or doesn't like you. He's trying to enforce the rules as they're written. Is it perfect? Of course not. It's not perfect. They're trying to do the best they can. And I just hate seeing that, that these guys rip on it. So I, sent, I tweeted back to him, which, again, I don't know if he read or not. doesn't matter. Who are you oh, tweeting to? Justin Thomas. That's the beautiful oh, thing. Oh, literally. Well, that's okay. the that's the beautiful thing of Twitter. You can go right back at him, which me and Jay Billis, we have issues all the time. Sure. I just can't stand the guy. And, again, because he hates officials, and what am I? I'm sure. an official. And he uh, he thinks that all NCAA players should be all, – all of them should be paid. Well, obviously, this is stemming a little bit because you are an official, and you're there. You're right. in the heat of, you know, having to make the right decision, and obviously no matter what decision you make – Someone's going to be upset. Right, and so I've thought that in golf too, Jack, and you and I have had to make decisions and certain things, and people haven't been happy, and we've had to sit there. You know, I, I can think of 10 in your pro-am alone <laughs> that it's like, yeah, that stinks, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to do this. And so what bothers me so much is that these people just think that um, they're either above the law or that they can't, they can't change to adjust to the rules. And so I tweeted back, this is very simple. Don't stand behind your player. 
It's simple. Sure. And I don't know why. I, I Maybe that's an oversimplification of it because I don't play at that level. Well, you and I just don't. I think we've got to look at all these rules from the simple side. Right. Very, I mean, all of them, every single one. You know, and, and we'll even get into the drop a little bit. Have you done the drop yet? I haven't tried it, but you I had a heart attack, so you missed out on that. I, but <laughs> um, anyway, I've tried it. I had I, I played in California and tried the drop. You did? It is the most awkward thing you've ever done. Did in you? Your life. What did you do? Show me. Stand up and show I, me. I, I, no, <laughs> come on. No, I'm gonna just start stand doing, up and show I'm me what start, you did. I, I did the, the you know the. Did you kind of buckle your well, knee like you, that? And you can't do that because you got to drop from knee height. Well, so you, you can, do... but you just have to drop from up here then. Exactly right. right. So why even do that, though? You know what I mean? So I'm going to do the so, kneel. I think I'm going to start so, doing the kneel. So here, I'll stand. So were you kind of doing the oh, kneel so to think that now i got to do that? The best part is these guys are watching me, and they're like, what is he doing? <laughs> and then they went and did it, and they're going, wow, what am I doing? <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, it's a little tricky. Um, you know, <clears throat> actually, Hank Haney made a good point, I think is that he said, let's just make it easy, and you can drop anywhere from your shoulder to your hip. Anywhere. Anywhere you want. I do agree with that, because actually. Because that would be so much easier than, like, I mean, just it's, it just seems awkward. But it's new. Like I said, it's right. new. Right, I think every two years they look at this stuff, or they do some prototypes, and then they try to get into that. And when we get uh, Jeff on, he'll maybe help us out a little bit with the protocol God, of that. But Thank God they're giving a little grace period on this, too. They are? Yeah, absolutely. No, well, no penalty. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You, you just have to redrop no it, correct? drop from your shoulder. Because I saw Justin Thomas doing the fairway of 13 at the waste management. He was going like this, and you could see them all got to go, oh, da, 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 da. you know, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop, stop, stop. Yeah. And again, why wouldn't you? I mean, you and I are. Could you imagine when the guys who used to do this yeah. had to go here? <laughs> We've been dropping for years, <laughs> oh. and we drop more often than most. Who drops more, you or oh, me? Oh, for sure. You Thank you. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to pick up on this pretty quick. All right, let's move on to uh, Sergio Garcia. Um, my... Uh, top two least favorite guys of all time. I'm probably a little too biased to talk about this subject. But as you saw out in uh, the European tour, he um, he kind of, uh, I wouldn't even say he embarrassed himself because I don't think he does. I don't, I don't think he gets embarrassed. I think he's just, that's part of the deal. But um, had some incidents where he damaged the green. They didn't find any video that I've heard of yet, Jack, on whether he damaged the greens or not or what he did. But he acknowledged to doing it. And then, obviously, there's the Twitter, uh, which is probably all over Facebook, of what he did in that bunker. Which that, was, I, that was previous to the event. Right, which I do believe maybe I've done in a bunker. I've seen you have a couple of meltdowns. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not <laughs> I mean, quite that bad. But. No, and, and probably not vulgarity-filled. Oh, and for sure the ball did not come out of the bunker before the meltdown. So. Which, which he hit a pretty good shot. Penalized. Oh, right, I, you and I might have been high-fiving because you're not the greatest bunker player. That's not your forte. No, but I get you it just out. don't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, well, you're good enough to just not be in there. But give me your reaction about Sergio. What? Uh, obviously, the stiffest penalty we've ever seen. I don't. I don't recall ever seeing a, a player being DQ'd for those type of incidents. Kind of a hey, let's not do that again type of a sure. thing. But, but they, you know, they said, hey, you're going to be DQ'd. You're done. And obviously, the money means nothing to him. It's probably more of an embarrassment thing. But he just admitted to everything and didn't kind of walked away from it. From what I understand, I think it's, I think it's really strange because Sergio just came off a Masters win. Uh, just got married, just had a kid, and all of a sudden this this happens, and and you're thinking, no way. We thought he was in a good place, and he was representing, you know, wearing the green jacket and being that person, and it just turned out to be completely opposite. I just think you can't get it out of you. You know, you you have that, and you got that fire in you. And you, when you get going, I, I have it on the basketball court more than I have it anywhere. Yes, you do. Which is kind of tamed down, thank God. Well, you you're matured. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get you're out not yelling at my wife anymore. What? <laughs> 
That's even, another story for I'm, another time. You, you notice the hesitation because I don't even want to bring it up. But <laughs> but you know, you get out there and, and a great um, moment. You're, you're 40 years old, and the young kid burns by you. Go, I gotta go get that guy. Right. You know, and 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 maybe that's what happens with Sergio. He just didn't hit it the way he wanted to, and maybe he's a little bit of a perfectionist. But uh, you know. You know, I'll, I'll agree with Kepka and the way he said things. I don't know if you heard that, but he's 40 years old. Yeah. Start acting like it. It's, it's fun. To, let's, let's segue right into Brooks because it's fun to see Brooks get a little more verbal now. He's kind of been touted as this robot, you know, where his his arms never fit his sleeves. And <laughs> the guy, you know, again, he looks like Ed Hockley, but a golfer. You know, I just saw him, and, I just saw him on TV shaking the hands of, uh, who's the guy from the Bucks? I can't say his name. On Giannis the Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. He's shaking, my son's favorite player, so it's easy for me. He's shaking his hand, and Kepka looks like a dwarf. It's amazing. And skinny. And, it's amazing. And, and then you get him out on you know the golf course, and he's like the biggest right. guy out. He's not right. getting trampled. No. <laughs> he <laughs> not wouldn't trampled like Haugen. You wouldn't think, but Haugen took it. Oh, that's good. We're going to talk about that for a long time. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's fun to see Brooks kind of come out because I kind of would like to see a guy who wins also have a personality. You know, I've, that's been my um, kind of my cut on Tiger all the time is that he, he wasn't really a fans guy or a people person, and that's why I loved Phil. But I also believe that's why Phil didn't win as much as he should have because sometimes you need that steely uh, kind of grind it out and look at some things a little you know a little bit more pragmatically and not always from a entertainment value. And so I would like to find that mix somewhere in there, and I think Justin Thomas has it. I think Jordan Spieth has it, that little mix. And I was kind of really hoping that Brooks would have it. And it didn't feel like it. But lately, it's kind of been a no-holds-barred here. And you've listened to some of his stuff. I, I think it's great. Obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of someone. You know, obviously, it helps that he's winning. Um, and that's probably given him the confidence to make these statements. But to have someone that's uh, just being normal, you know what I mean? Right. And just talking right. the truth and not being afraid of the repercussions of the truth. I'm obviously, you know, I'm kind of a truth guy when it comes. Yeah, maybe a yeah. little too uh, honest with people. That's yeah, okay. But the truth of it is, you know, I, I want someone to say that stuff because, in, 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 you know what, he's going to get some flack from Sergio. He's going to get some flack for his pace of play comments, mm-hmm. and, and we can kind of go into that. A yeah, little I bit. want you to hit that. Well, you know, he he basically said, we have all these rules. Or sticklers on every single one of them, but for some reason this pace rule, except for one, we don't yep. talk about it at all. We don't enforce it, and uh, you know it's it's crazy. He goes, if it's a rule, it's a rule, and then you get put on the clock. Well, what's the truth about being put on the clock? You're already behind. Right. You've already broken a rule, and so something should happen there. He actually said that he literally will go into the porta potty and hang out there until a rules official comes and tells them to speed up because then they start playing at his pace. I thought that it was actually, unbelievable. It actually helps him. Get to his pace. How than, unbelievable is that statement? It's crazy that he said it out loud. <laughs> but Because uh, you know, now they're going to be like, go get Brooks out of the toilet. Yeah, he's absolutely. not going he's to kinda, the bathroom. He's kind of giving that up. But, yeah, you know, honestly, we've been there. I, I, I'm a quick player, I think. I think you're a pretty quick player. And, and you end up changing your game to the person who's slow. And they don't end up necessarily changing to your game, which is which is frustrating, you know. Yeah. But anyway, the pace of play issue on the on the tour should be addressed, and I really firmly believe that they should enforce that. I mean, I, I, uh, Haugen was telling us he's watching his buddy in the last group. I forgot his name, but he's uh, Hopper. Hopper was playing in the last group, and they played in four hours and forty five minutes, and they had to run to the eighteenth tee and hit over someone's head in order to get it in for the dark, right? You know, and, and it shouldn't even been close or threesomes, right? So it it, it needs to be addressed, and uh, obviously. You know, Kepka's decided that he's going to start addressing these issues and and being vocal about it. So yeah, it's uh, that's a really good take. And again, I I just um, I'm so proud of Brooks. I'm glad that he's stepping up a little bit and doing a little bit more. And I think it's 
cool after these first three weeks or four weeks that you and I can kind of discuss how this implementation of the rules is going to work because I'm very concerned about it for the Minnesota section. And I think that that's where this becomes relevant is because Vincent has his hands full with some of these things and he's going to try to do the best he can. And I want to encourage our fellow pros to let's be a little bit cautious. Let's not act like this. We don't need to go on Twitter and rip Vincent for a call that he made or the USGA. uh, You know, that's the thing I love people that they do. They always say, well, if, if they would have done this and Vincent's going, when you say they, you mean me, right? <laughs> you know, instead they're trying to go around him to make him not feel like the guy who's making that calling. And he's saying, listen, I have this rule book. I'm supposed to enforce it. And the pace of play thing is always you've, you have a great story about the state open that I just laugh every time I hear it, which we don't have time to get into. Thank God. But, yeah. well, and for the parties involved. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, those type of things are happening out there. And for our section members who are listening to this, because that is why we wanted to do these podcasts. We are trying to give information out to our section professionals. I caution you, be careful how you say things to our people, to people who work for us. And again, we want good things for them in their lives. They want the best for you, but they have to do it within the rules for fairness of everybody. I I would say definitely be cautious in how you react. (laughs) That's maybe even a better way to put it. Not necessarily saying it, but how you react to these things that are going to come up, because that first tournament is going to be... I don't want to say a disaster, but Vincent's going to have a long day. It could day. be. He's going to get a, I hope he's it got a cart be. with a good charge in it because he's going to be flying around. The nice thing is, Jack, is that it's a four-ball deal. So if you, if you violate a rule, just, oh, you got it. Yeah, you got yeah. this hole. I'll just take off. All right. Where, which was with Jesse, that's where I am anyway. Yeah, at this time, I'd like to welcome in our uh, section CEO, Mr. Jeff Hintz. He's going to kind of come on board here for the rest of the show. Jeff, uh, good to have you. Well, good morning, guys. Thanks hey. for having me. Oh, nice. You got that radio voice. Yeah. I'd never yeah. noticed that when we I, just talked casually. I once was on the radio. Um, in high school, we had a radio station, and so I was uh, play-by-play for uh, football and girls' basketball, and yes. then I was also I a DJ. It. I can hear it. Yeah, a DJ. Eight, 80s music was our format, so, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me. First time on the show. Yes, I know. I'm sorry it took us so long. We wanted to make sure that you were comfortable with being on here. You know, what's that? Yeah, Jack's number two. But, you know, we didn't even think of Jeff as possible because you're busy. You know, you got to let, and that's why we're bringing you on. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of things to get at. And one of the topics that we first want to hit is talking about pro-ams. Now, Jack, I'll start with you. Um, This is obviously a week if if people don't know about the word pro-am. You know, I, I heard somebody even when I was in the late up at uh, at uh, Mesa Banner in Arizona. They talked about, oh, I think she was playing in some pro ams, and I thought to myself, does he know what he's even saying? But uh, again, if you don't know what a pro am is, this week is a good kind of a good yeah. way to get introduced Absolutely. to it. Absolutely, I mean, obviously we've all watched the Pebble Beach, and it's a, it's a pro am. It's nice to be able to see people that aren't pros hitting shots into the same greens and making the same putts and you can kind of see how it works you know obviously the pro has his own game and he's focused on that a little bit but it's great to have that team atmosphere with your uh, amateurs playing with you and you know uh, Huey Lewis chipped in on 18 yeah, yesterday that was pretty awesome cool. you know and, and moments like that that you can't you can't get playing on your own ball and, and coming into a pro-am like that you hit that shot, and it's, it's pretty incredible. You'll remember that for a long, yeah. long time. So, And, Jeff, you, uh, you kind of helped run a Pro-Am when you were running the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine. Didn't they do one we did, yeah. format type of like yeah. that on a Wednesday or something of like that? Yeah, it was and early in the week we had a celebrity Pro-Am. So, yeah, uh, explain that. Actually, it. Huey Lewis was, was uh, one of the participants. And, okay. Uh, we had, uh, I'll try to recall the names, but Michael Phelps and Bill Murray and 
Um, Did Jordan play? Uh, no, Michael Jordan. He he, he uh, elects not to play in the in the Ryder Cup pro am, even though he's there uh, oh. every year. He's he's uh, attending and <laughs> and watching the Ryder Cup. Um, Martina Navratilova was oh. there. Yeah, um, actually, somebody recently in the news that was at the State of the Union address played in our celebrity pro am. He's a chef, uh, huh. Jose Andres. So I think he's uh, become friends with Nancy Pelosi. So he was a guest of hers at the State of the Union. So I noticed oh. that. So, so, oh, yeah, I recognize that name. He played he played at Hazeltine. So, yeah, the Pro-Ams, I think, uh, for the section and, and the members, we have upwards of uh, maybe 25 or so Pro-Ams that are run individually by the professionals at the facilities. But then also our section, um, as part of what we do from our tournament standpoint, we have some Pro-Ams that uh, we run and operate. So uh, most recently picking up the tape mark, and, and um, that transition is, is uh, taking um, – uh, one to two years to actually own that event, but we're operating that event. And it's just a unique experience for the participants to be able to play alongside a professional, right. whether it's a touring, touring professional or one of our professionals here in the in the section. It, you just get a different sound off the club face from a professional, and there's consistency there. Yeah, consistency there, and uh, it just uh, you have more fun, you know, and, and to be able to experience it with a professional just uh, makes it for a unique day. Jack, transfer that to the local level for us when we run our local. Now, you host one every year, and yours is sold out, uh, I think, now. Uh, <laughs> probably you have pros saying, can I get in, can I get in, because you run a great event up there. And I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that on air here. And Thanks. for all those out here that you, I think it's one of the top events. And I have people begging, like last year, we, we fielded two teams from Olivia, small little nine-hole golf course, and I could easily field three teams tomorrow if i wanted to but explain from the local level jeff has the big picture stuff which is those guys are you know they don't the dollar doesn't mean anything to them right they just pay it or somebody or a corporate pays it am i wrong on that jeff yeah well i mean it means something but yeah i, <laughs> it I, I know something. what you're saying yeah it definitely means something but they they're doing it because of the status of being in the pro you know i'm like huey lewis is playing this weekend because hey i'm right. i'm big time Whereas at our level, at the local level, it's a little different. Would you That's, agree, Jeff? Yes, I agree. I mean, okay. this week, the AT&T, it's all about being seen. Right. Clint Eastwood, well, it's his home home place, right. too. But right. So break it down for us, Jack. How, what does it mean for at the local level, a little bit more so than maybe even these national proms that people will watch this weekend? I think it's a couple things. I think, um, you know, obviously we all tra- – we, Greg and I travel to many pro-ams with, uh, with groups from our golf course – um, for us at the Pines, it's nice to get people up from across the state. They kind of bring their team from their local golf course to compete, and they kind of want to see how they're going to do against other people in the, you know, in the section and other teams in the section. And so it's just a great way to – that's one avenue of it. I've also gone to another tournament and played with their members, and, and, and that opportunity to bring Grandview Lodge to them and to meet new people. And in the course of four hours, you get to know a lot about these people, and I see them all the time. I give out a Pines hat every time. Yeah. And so I see these people all the time, and we talk about you know our pro-am, and we try to do it the next year. And, and it's just a great opportunity to spend four hours with someone and the golf obviously is a big part of that, but being able to just, you know, shoot the breeze, get mm-hmm. to know each other, and then if you can do well as a team on top of that, oh, yeah, bonus. It's bonus. great. So, you know, and what we've tried to do at the Pines and Preserve for sure is we want to cater to the AM. The pros are coming anyway. We want the AM to have a good time. Obviously, we have the facility to host it, but it's also nice to get everyone there and, 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 and give them something to play for and make sure they're a big part of that team. And and, and, and for the AMs, you know, I, I think pro-AMs, it's, it's about – getting out of your comfort zone a little bit mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, I'm going to try this in competition. Mm-hmm. We all know it's way different. That three-footer when he's the last guy on the team and we need it is a lot more difficult than, you know, the, the gimme that we usually give each other. So uh-huh. it's, it's fun. I think it's a great way to test your game a little bit. At the same time, 
it's a team thing, so there's not a ton of pressure. I mean, there might be pressure on one shot, but you can take the next couple holes off maybe. But, right. So I, I just think it's great for both. And, and you said, you know, the AMs obviously learn from watching the pro. I'll be honest with you. I've learned a lot from the AMs. You know, when I'm getting hot about something, time to calm down. I watch some of the AMs, and they just they don't care, and they make a par. And, then, and you've been there. You know, you made a bogey on the same hole. He made a par, and he didn't. He just took it nonchalant, and I was taking it too serious. Right. You know? So we learn both ways a little bit too. Yeah, I'll add one thing to that before I ask Jeff the next, next question. is For me, it is the greatest way for me to get to know my members. Absolutely the best avenue, not only on the golf course, the drive. Yeah. Back and yeah. forth to the yeah. – and, and just asking them about their lives and what they're doing and that we're just regular people in the car. You know, I'm not their golf pro, you know, out there kind of telling them what to do or when they're up on the tee or all that. So, to me, that's the greatest thing. All right, Jeff, I want you, if you could um, – you talked a little bit about it already, but I want you to hit it a little deeper as well. The Minnesota section taking over the tape mark here. Yeah. It's exciting, it scary, right? Kind of slash, put in the same – breath but you never seem scared about anything so again you don't have to open that valve if you don't want to i'm, I'm using heart terms now and so uh, <laughs> speaking but, of being scared nah yeah seeing that picture of you in a hospital bed so you want to know what's funny scared. about that is that they just call it a procedure okay it's not surgery sure. you know because we like i'm greg's going up for surgery right no it's a procedure and then i'm watching the resident last night with my wife and and this is so funny they said the hospital administrator says to uh, one of the doctors, goes, I'm going to have you doing the easy stuff for the next few weeks. Just stints. <laughs> Just stints. Oh, easy. I looked at Leanne, and she was like, yeah. <laughs> That's what it was easy. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So anyways, talk to us about the tape mark. Where is that at? How is that going for sure. you? Us taking that over. Sure. Jack, you play in the tape mark every year. I've never played in it, so I want to get your opinion on, on the event itself. Maybe why don't you start there, what it means to you, and then, Jeff, why don't you kind of add in the Minnesota section part sure. of it? Sure. I, you know, honestly, the tape marks one of my favorite events of the year. Uh, I look forward to it. It's a full weekend, which, you know, you don't get a lot of those weekends away where you can play golf all weekend. Basically. No, in full honesty, you've been sleeping in your car in years because you'll come back and you'll work and then you'll drive down and sleep in your car. This is true, Jeff. He will sleep in his car and then hit his tee time at the tape mark. And I want the Grandview people to hear that because he, it means a lot to him to get his work done up at Grandview but also to play in this. Keep going. All right. You know, uh, the tape mark, which is the one thing I think is different, is there's a cut, which I and I don't know if it'll mm-hmm. keep going that way or not, but I've always kind of enjoyed that because now you're working towards making that cut, and everyone on the team is focused on that. You know you have two days guaranteed with these people, and so you know you're going to have a nice time, basically. It's, it's guaranteed. You make it to Sunday, and it's even more fun. And mm-hmm. you're in the team atmosphere in there, you're really competing for something. The team championship I wouldn't say it means more than the pro part of it, but it definitely means a lot. And um, and it's nice to be able to, to kind of be guaranteed a full weekend with those people and, and it get to know people out of, that I don't know. You know, and, and I know every single team I've played with, I see them. There's probably several of them here. Um, Nick uh, Urban I played yeah. with the first year, and, you know, I've been talking to Nick ever since, and we're yeah. great friends. He comes up to play the Pines. So it, building those relationships, it's it's priceless, and, and Tate Mark's very, very good at that. So. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, from a section standpoint, I guess the business side of it, uh, we fully intend it to be um, this year for a three round with a cut. And, uh, you know, the complexity behind the business side of it is the tape mark also has a charitable gaming component to Mm -hmm. it. And there was a bingo site, a live bingo site. And so the section is um, getting involved in that. And it's a process. Um, it takes a little bit of time from a transitional standpoint on uh, years of service on a board to be able to actually take over the operation of a, of a gaming component. Um, it's all charitable gaming. Um, so there's that end of it. But then on the golf end of it, we know there's a, a strong history, 48 years 
Uh, this year will be the 48th year. And really, it was designed to help people with disabilities. I mean, that's what it was set up to do. And so it matches really well with what we do with PGA Reach and what we do with our pillars. And one of the pillars, well, the three are youth, military, and inclusion. And that inclusion component really fills that side of, of what we do with the foundation with the tape mark. So the agencies that have been involved really helping um, adults with disabilities and even kids with disabilities on helping them get jobs or helping them with their, um, their living arrangements and just making them, you know, have, having them a fulfilled life. And we think golf is part of that too, you know, being able to recreate and have fun and, you know, can you participate and uh, similar to what we do with the bad pants open. So the tape mark is, um, it's exciting to see where we'll be able to take it. And this year really is the first year of us being involved in the operation. Last year we kind of observed, and this year we'll be more and more involved in the operation. And so, you know, for the professionals out there that haven't played in it, that um, have an interest, um, you know, there is a – that's you. So you may have to qualify, right? So oh. I don't have to run, do I? <laughs> you might have a better chance running. Right. Um, <laughs> Than qualifying for the tape mark, yeah. Uh, and then also just from a team standpoint is helping us with uh, the team, uh, helping us fill out the teams with the amateur teams. So right. all that information we've been working on actually the last couple of days on getting all that live, so be looking for that information. Yeah, now so. that's again the first week of June or second week of June or something June like that, right? June 7th through the 9th. 7th through the 9th, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jack always puts that on his calendar because he's invited every year. I would have to qualify, which makes it difficult. Bad pants open. Um, many don't know this. We just think it's uh, charitable for Special Olympics, but there is a pro-am portion to that. Uh, Jeff, talk to us a little bit about that and what does that entail? Because I've I've helped out, uh, played twice in it, and I guess I didn't even realize there was a pro-am portion of it, so to speak. Yeah, in the morning we have an athlete um, and a PGA professional go out and play the nine holes in the morning, and that's really kind of a, a fun event in the morning before the, the actual um, – bad pants open itself what it does it affords our members an opportunity to kind of see why we're there and it's there to connect with the community and with the special olympics and you know last go ahead so is that the part that i played in it probably was wasn't yeah the it? nine hole in the i morning. didn't even realize that was like a pro-am portion yeah yeah so that's good to know but again i i did use it as that it i still have one of these guys i think i've told you one of the guys that I play with, he calls me all the time. Does he? One of these uh, Special Olympics yeah. players. Yeah. And so, again, you develop that connection with him. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's neat. And so 12 years in the running now coming up this year. Ian Leonard is our host from Fox 9. He's unbelievably supportive of this event. He gets behind it. Uh, he promotes it during the state fair. He wears his bad pants, which is basically, you know, the crazy pants design. And that's the, that's the whole purpose of it is for once have everybody look at you differently. Right. Um, and, and that's what's unique about it. So, you know, you show up and you get to play golf and have fun, and it's really more laid back than what the tape mark is. It's a one-day event. We try to get through it very quickly, so we're not there for seven hours. It's a quick round of golf and, and uh, where we raise funds for uh, and awareness for Special Olympics and for PGA Reach Minnesota. Now, Jeff, not to be um, uh, not to confuse the two, but the tape mark also raises some charitable dollar there, correct? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Explain that portion of that, because I think some people just view the tape mark as just a tournament to play in. No, no, no. So, yeah. so see yeah. how, yeah. you know, again, yeah. this is a big tournament. Kind of we used to call it, I think we still call it a major. Yeah, right? it is a major. So mm-hmm. we call it a major, it but mm-hmm. also explain the charitable part of the sure. tape mark a little bit more. Sure, I think people probably be surprised to know that, uh, you know, any given year it'll raise north of $100,000, 150 in some cases, that go back to those three legacy agencies involved that I mentioned. So ProAct, Living Well. Uh, and 
and the Ark of Minnesota. And those are the three agencies that benefit from this event. So it's pretty special. So you raise the funds for the, on the charitable side, and then you also have the professional person that is a major. You know, yeah. you have major points on the line. And we think that that model is something that we really want to look at tied to, say, a state open. Right. You know, where there's a charitable side to the state open, we can get more corporations involved. We can have a pro-am component in the morning. And so any professionals out there that have an idea or they have a corporation that may want to get involved with our big events, we think, you know, a Thursday outing uh, before the state open to play with some of our professionals during a practice round to raise some funds for a charitable cause is a great way to go about Yeah, and I'd like to push that a hair further because I think that you hit something there is that if a PGA Pro has a contact like that, they're not only benefiting those charities, it's also benefiting our section now. That's right. Because we're running that. And, again, I think a lot of people shy away from that or maybe they don't feel like, well, why would I do that? You know, well, now there's direct benefit. Right. You know, not only are you helping charities, which for some people that's enough. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that's for everybody. Right? I mean, right. just some people view it differently. So there is two different pieces there, and companies are looking for places of, I want to feel connected. And I think that the tape mark is, Jack, how did you feel about the, did you feel that when you play in the tape, in the tape mark? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we were talking about the Pro-Am. It's a great event, and I love doing that. But the charity side of it is is, is pretty much everything that they're doing. Yeah. It feels that way. Mm-hmm. And the other side is just bonus. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So the charity part of it is huge, and uh, it's obviously very apparent when you're there. What's the biggest check you want at the tape mark? <clears throat> Uh, wow. 700 bucks, maybe. Really? Yeah. God, you play so well. <laughs> that was but one, not at the one year. No, I don't play well. I, I, no, I don't. I mean, it, the, the money isn't it. Let's put it that way at the tape mark. The winner makes a lot of money. Oh. You know well, how it is. Well, I think you, yeah, you're you know how it is with I believe me. you're on tournament committee now. Yeah, that's and true. now that the Minnesota section's running, that's okay. I'm getting into areas that's I okay. probably shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. As we talk about the schedule, Jack, I want to get people a little uh, feeling as to where you and I started with all this stuff. Now, now we go back to that Hastings thing back in 1999, give or take, maybe 2000. 2000. Yeah, 2000. So you had mentioned on the podcast that um, uh, we spent a lot of time in some cars together. Please start the story for everybody because I think people will love this. When you and I, I think we are going to the wilds. Rochester. Was it Rochester? Are we talking about the early morning? Yeah. When we would, you would pick me up at my house at no. Mind you, there's about forty stories. That's why I had to kind of dig into which story. But, this, but I, I didn't want. I didn't prep you on this because I feel I like I'm to, in the car I think right you now. Know the go. story, but we Jack would pick me up at my house, Jeff, at about probably two thirty or three o'clock. Oh my! For this Rochester, because all our assist, all the way to Rochester, all the system had started at seven thirty, and Rochester was the first one of the year. And remember, Jack and I are broke. Okay, just keep that in your mind. We are broke. I've got a couple kids. Jack has no health insurance. We, he's he's uh, right. I mean, what's a big deal now? Not a big deal then. You were very healthy. So, anyways, but uh, <laughs> so so he was living on the eight month salary, driving back and forth. You know, doing the monthly salary mm-hmm. thing. I was on the monthly salary, but we loved playing events. So Jack would pick me up at like three thirty, and what happened on what is that ninety four? I don't know. I don't know where we were. So obviously. we were on 94 somewhere. I'm, we're driving. He's obviously passenger side. I'm driving the car, and, and we're sitting there, and, and I'm, I kind of startlingly woke up. And Jack was driving. Oh, I was driving. Boy. I look over, and Greg, and he's sleeping. And I woke him up, and I go, I've been sleeping. He goes, how long have you been sleeping for? I go, I don't know. You know, and so he goes, do you think you can drive? <laughs> it's not funny, because, funny. Uh, but, but the truth of it is it was, you know, it was adding up. We, usually we have we, so much conversation. We no laughed all the way through the cities yeah. on that incident of how are we still alive right now. I was like, Jack, how long were you asleep? 
I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. It's like, could it have been like since Monticello? Oh. <laughs> Maybe, you know, that type of thing. I mean, we used to have this thing all segmented out, but we we drove, man. We went to play in these events. And so the Minnesota section and events have always meant something to us. I mean, we're going on year kind of 19 of us playing in these things, and uh, we just love it. And so highlight for me every year now, ever since we, you know, since we joined or became PGA members is obviously the section championship. And, again, it kind of took a little whirly turn this this year because we were scheduled to go to Summerby. And there is the, the, the deal that we have to be a certain type of uh, golf cart. And, Jack, you just so happen to fit that every year, and you are more than gracious enough. And so I hear that we're coming to the preserve this year. Yeah, uh, Adam and I are obviously super excited to have everybody at the preserve. It, it truly is a beautiful course. It's kind of a hidden gem. I mean, obviously you know about it, and people that go up that direction know about it. But I think when the section professionals get there, they're going to be really excited about the view right when they walk in. Yep. And, and the golf course, you know, one thing I want to say, especially to our PGA pros, this is a very playable golf course. It's a playable golf course. We want you to attend. We want you to be there. Do not be afraid of shooting high scores. You still can, but I think you're going to have a better chance of staying with the field and, and not feel, you know, We've had some people that don't show up because they're worried about that. Yeah. And we don't want you to be worried about that. I think the preserve's a great opportunity for that. At the same time, I think you're going to be able to, to win. You're going to have to play very well. There's some, there's some very hidden quirks to the preserve that make it difficult. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Jeff, have you had a chance to see the preserve yet? I have not. So that's exciting. I'm looking forward to it, Now, what, I, what I've liked about the Minnesota section scheduling lately, Jeff, is that we went to Bemidji. We went to Woodhill. We didn't say it's got to be 7,200. It's got to be 7,200 or we just can't hold it. And I know there's some that feel that. But I love the fact that the Minnesota section has said, we don't care about that. Now, whether you said it or not, you said it in action. Yeah. And sometimes the, the idea that we have to have a certain car kind of makes that choice for us. But also that, you know what, Bemidji was a good test. And, yes, local guy won, Mitch McAdance, mm-hmm. good I, I ref basketball with his dad. It's a great story. And so some people say, ah, oh, that's stink. I think that's great. And at a Woodhill, uh, Brisky, who's no longer a long hitter, but he says, I'm going to now play in that because I've got a chance. I got a chance. Right, and right. that's what the preserve to me is. And so I love Summerby. Summerby's great. You can play 7,200 mm-hmm. yards, but I think we see people whittle out. What are your feelings on that after yeah. being in the section? Yeah, I think, you know, if you look at the highest level of competition, what, what the U.S. Open did a few years back, and they went to Marion. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of second guessing about the U.S. Open being played at Marion. Mm-hmm. But what we learned. Uh, by um, that event is that it works you know um, it's a different type of an event it's not the long bombers event but you know I think it, it's it's great to have some of those changes and it's not all about the longest hitters you know you got to be a, you got to be able to have um, you know some shot making ability and placement off the tee and you know um, you know uh, on your approach shots be able to go right after the right after the flag and you know the rough may have been a bit longer at Marion but still it worked you know, and I think there's a lot of hesitation whether or not it's going to work. So, um, so yeah, I like it. I like the mix. Uh, I think it makes sense for us to go, uh, you know, uh, to up north and, you know, have kind of the stay-and-play feel, but uh-huh. then also have a Metro uh, championship every once in a while. So variety, I think, is important. Where's the state open this year? Right. Rush, Creek. Not, Rush Creek. Rush mm-hmm. Creek. Jack, what do you think? Fan? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I've, I've Do you gotten... like that it moves around? Not always at bunker like I for sure do. Yeah, I think I, I love the fact that we change venues. Uh, like you said, variety is, is key, and I think that it gets stale otherwise a little bit. So having that variety and being able to gear up for something else, looking forward to something new. I mean, I've played Rush Creek, but something different this year. Uh, I'm excited about it. I like the change. 
Uh, talk to me about the uh, match play, both of you. Uh, we've changed that. Uh, I heard in the last podcast that, hey, you just picked up three people because we did it. We're going to the – you play your first two rounds on everybody on this day, and then we'll the last 16 will kind of piece it out. So you don't have to commit three days to the schedule. Jeff, when you heard that the tournament committee kind of decided that, what was your first reaction? I, I'm all for it. I think it, 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 it uh, does a better job of accommodating our professionals. Um, you know, uh, you're not basically uh, booked for three days to compete in a match play for a small number of players. So it gives you, you know, the course of the season to really, you know, play your matches and then at the end, uh, 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 winners determined. It's huge for us on the Grandview side, obviously. And a lot of guys up north, September is the busiest month yeah. of the year, and we have no staff, so we're right. working shifts. So when you're trying to do the schedule and you're trying to figure out how good you are, uh, am I going to be there for two days or am I going to be there for one right. day? And uh, and obviously that's a little bit difficult. But this time, you know, it, it, moving it up earlier in the season, we're all going to participate for sure, and uh, we're excited about it. One to ten. This I got asked a lot this uh, when I was having my heart surgery. Scale of one to ten, they said heart procedure scale of one to ten what's your pain i never did a ten i always did nine at the most i say i'm a nine and they asked later why why never i didn't know where else i could go if i said ten so jeff i want to ask you on a one to ten um how would you have rate the first year having golf champions in the fall this will be year two coming up one to ten I'd say it's probably... You didn't have that much time when you're having a heart attack, by the way. Oh, okay. You have, about, to, you have to kind of... They kind of want the, you to... On the success of having it in the fall? Yeah. I would say you... at least an eight. I nice. Think, yeah, I think it makes sense for us to be in the fall. I think it accommodates some of the uh, nicer clubs that we're trying to play that event at in the fall uh, to move it to the fall. So, yeah, I would say absolutely. Uh, Jack, did you qualify this year for that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm... <laughs> For me personally, it's going to be a little more difficult. The first time I qualified, I was super excited to play in it. Like I said, later in the year, just couldn't get it done. Tough, yeah. Yeah, we just, we just literally couldn't get it done. We had uh, three people that were qualified to play in it, and we only sent one. And uh, it, it just it just worked out that way. So it's going to be difficult for us, but, that you know, that's okay. All right, let's move on to uh, some junior golf stuff, Jeff. Now, you're going to have to help us out a lot here. I know we went through a name change. Sure. Talk us through that right away. Yeah, so we were the uh, Minnesota Junior Golf Association, and that comprised of a lot of uh, – we had a number of tours. One of them was kind of a hybrid tour. And so what we what we did is we worked with a, a group to rebrand. And so now it's called the Soda Series. And it's comprised of four tours. We have the mini tour. We have the uh, prep tour. We have the junior tour. And then we have the players tour. And that order uh, basically is kind of the uh, um, how you would in, be introduced into the tour. So really starting from ages seven. So we dropped the, the age restriction. We were, I think we were eight before. And now it's uh, seven to 12 on those lower two tours. And then we go all the way up to age 19 for some of those high school seniors that might be a little bit older. Um, and really what we're trying to do is communicate to the parents and the kids about it's a fun environment. It's an opportunity to be in a competitive arena, but it's not ultra competitive. Uh, it's an opportunity to learn uh, from peers and, and then also play in a tournament golf scenario. And what we like to talk about is that it's fun, it's affordable, and it's flexible. So we've got three kids, um, my wife and I, Leah, and uh, we don't control the schedule for basketball. We're told, right, right. you know, tomorrow I've got two practices. No, I've got a game and, and a practice, and there's also a soccer practice tomorrow, and my wife's taking classes, so she's out for the day. So I've got the three kids, and we're going to be all over the place, and I'm an assistant coach for the basketball. So, uh, But we don't – What I'm, where I'm getting at is we don't control that schedule. With golf, with the Soda Series, as a parent, you can select the events that you want your child to play in, 
and it's huge. It's it's a huge differentiating factor that we have that we feel like we can take advantage of because now as a family, you can determine when you want your son or daughter to play and where you want your son or daughter to play. So if we've got a place up north, say, we don't, but let's say we do and we're going up to Grandview and we want to play an event near Grandview or if you're hosting an event, then we can select that. It's, it's pretty, you know, we did this with our men's league, same thing, where you're able to play when you want, mm-hmm. especially with golf being in the summer and summer being extremely busy with for families. It works out probably really well for everyone just to kind of come and go as they as they can. Yep, so. absolutely. Jack, do you guys host the Minnesota PGA? We have a junior qualifier in June at the Preserve. Oh. So a nice opportunity to play the same course. We're going to play the club professional championship for the juniors. So yeah. 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 And one other thing I'll talk about, too, is just the affordability of this. You know, you think about, again, we've got soccer and basketball going on, and in some cases that, that could be $1,000 um, plus for a season. And in golf, the membership to play is $75 to become a member of our junior tour and the, on the mini tour and then up to a hundred. And then the players tour, which is invite only is $400, but it includes uh, four or five events. Right. So the affordability factor, you know, you think about golf and a lot of people will say, well, golf's really expensive. Um, it's not expensive to get involved. And then there is a fee to play the course every time, but it's, it's not a big fee at all. Right. So, so Jeff on the players tour side, cause I kind of, you know, we like to talk about golf here, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. Do you find that those kids are are ones that are saying, I want to play college golf? Yeah. Yep. They're, they're either in high school golf, they're competitive in the high school golf arena, and they have some desire to get to the next level, whether it's D1, 2, or 3. Right. That That's mm-hmm. all variables. And so can you talk to some success of that or how that is kind of balanced out or anything that you've seen that a kid has said, hey, because I played in this, such and such a school offered me a a scholarship sure or I'm, have you heard of any stories yeah, like that or yeah it's it's actually interesting kind of talking through and i know you know brad cole with with nike and and uh, spend a little time with brad he's in the business obviously and he says every one of his friendships was made because of junior golf growing up mm. and so when you think about not just competitive golf but when you think about it from a life standpoint and you're making all these friends that are going to last a lifetime that's really critical too so that's what we're trying to really uh, talk about at the junior golf level it's not just about being competitive from right. a golfer standpoint it's 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 opening you up to a community that you're going to you're going to interact with for years and years to come from a competitive standpoint i mean you can point out some of the some of the individuals that have played um and on our tours growing up now have had some success like mm-hmm. the tom hoagies of the world um who is a pga tour member uh, on the women's side uh we've got angie Angie uh, Olson, uh, Angie Anderson, um, she'll be here uh, this year at the KPMG Women's PGA yeah. Championship competing. Uh, uh, and how about Adam Thielen? I mean, that's a big name, and he played in our junior golf events growing up, so he's a big-time golfer. So we want to champion those names, uh, but we also want to champion those individuals that have had success in life, not necessarily just golf. They, they could be a prominent business member in the community, and we really want to tell those stories because we think, uh, you know, and you, you two know, being in the business, that golf is just such a great foundation for for the game of life really right. so well look at it this way the assistant events that we played in all those people that we met in those assistant events, all right they're all our peers right now that was we, your, that was our junior golf <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I didn't i didn't do junior right, I, I, that was I started us. golfing way late and and so i didn't i missed that opportunity which i would have loved to have in, in hindsight but you know the, the same thing that was our junior golf and that was our opportunity to meet mm-hmm. these people and build these relationships and 
We've carried those on the whole way. If you look at right down the board, we know all those people because we played in the assistant events. Yeah, and the Minnesota section is just doing it now at a younger age. And this is still fairly new, wouldn't you say, Jeff, for, for the Minnesota section even? Yeah, uh, with the tour itself, uh, you know, we're one of the one of the sections that actually owns and operates our own junior tour. There's not a lot of them that do across the country. But it is it is instrumental to our business as a section and be able to serve our members. Right. It's really critical. And so you look at it from a business standpoint, but then you look at it like I always think about, well, who's next? You know, my dad played golf, and that's how I got introduced to golf. But when I'm done with golf, who's next? And, you know, you think about the millennial stage and all that. And so we really need to do as an industry, we just we need to appeal to a broader subset of people um, to, to get this great game in their hands because we're going to need them, yep. you know. Our, our peers and those that, you know, are working with you right now at your facilities, they're going to need more people playing this game, and so that's that's going to be critical to this. I discussion. have one more question, but, yep. Jack, I'll let you ask Jeff a question about junior golf if you'd like. Otherwise, I've got one. All right. Um, Jeff, has the Minnesota section been used as a model by other sections or said, hey, what are they doing up there? Have you guys got calls or things of that nature that we sit here as a pillar of this? Because – I was part of the board, and I kind of know sure. a little bit of that stuff yeah. of where we stand, but I don't know how other sections. There's 41 sections in the you know mm-hmm. across the United States. Have they called or looked at us or said, "Hey, what, is the, what are they doing up in Minnesota? Why is it working in the state that only plays golf and stuff for seven months?" Sure, yeah, we, we get calls. I would say uh, at least a couple times a week from our peers. So I just took a call from Nebraska, uh, and they wanted to know what we're, the, we're doing with our foundation and how we have. Uh, this event set up that we're raising funds for 100 Holes for Hope that yep, raises yep. raises funds for our PGA Hope program, and so it's it's a small tight knit community. We're in Orlando at the show. We have two days of meetings, and we're able to learn best practices, and we learn from each other. So it's not just us, but you know I would say what we've done on the Junior Tour side of it and the Soda Series. There are absolutely some other sections that are pulling bits and pieces from what we do, and they implement it there, and they might pull bits and pieces from what say Southern Texas is doing. Um, what we're doing on the player development uh, side of the business. I think there's some sections that have looked at our model uh, and having a staff member and, and really being a, a service to our members to be out there to help them grow the game. Absolutely. That's awesome to hear. Yep. All right, drive, chip, and putt. DCP. Yeah. Uh, could we say that Augusta was kind of the founder of this? Yeah, I mean, you can say. I mean, they they essentially are the owner of the entity that kind of oversees it, but it definitely is a collaborative approach with Augusta and the USGA and the PGA. Okay, and again, they kind of dangle the carrot out there for these kids to kind of come, and they get that classy invite, and you see these things on, Jack, you've seen those on TV where the kid gets it and the tears flow and the whole bit, and, you know, I choke up pretty easy, so... Uh, anyways, I, I, I kind of love those moments. But uh, we had a couple kids from Olivia try to do the DCP a little bit, but not too much involvement, and it's, it's probably harder out in rural than it is in the big cities and whatnot. But I see the schedule here, Jeff. Yeah. This is a lot. Yes, it is. You know, And so talk us through that. What's the process for this thing? And if a, if a parent had a, a 11-year-old that, hey, I would like for them to get an invite to, uh, to Augusta, and they live in Olivia, what would you tell them? Yeah, so one of the I think one of the biggest things that we can do as a section, you know, moving forward is when a parent asks us, anybody, how do I get my kid involved in golf? We need to have a really good answer for that, right? And so uh, from a s- section standpoint, I think having a repository or a website that we can just lead everybody to. So definitely see Minnesota Junior Golf becoming that spot. 
where we can direct a parent to and then see kind of the stages. Okay, I'm an introductory. I haven't touched a golf club. How do I start? You know, and that might be golf in schools. If you have it in your, in your neighborhood or in your community, or it might be DCP because we think this is a great entry-level program into the game of golf because it doesn't require you to play a complete hole. These are the three disciplines that are really important in the game of golf. So how do you get your kid involved? Uh, registration starts on March 5th. Uh, it's open to anybody and everybody, uh, starting with ages uh, 7 uh, all the way up to 15. I believe, 13, is it 13? 13. 7 to 13. And so uh, it, it's open to kids uh, all across the country. And in the section, what we do is you see all those events there. Uh, they uh, It is 15. Is it 15? Yeah, 7 to 15. Sorry. So we have these different age groups, and they all compete with their age groups at these local qualifying sites. And those local qualifying sites then are all attached to a regional site or a semi-state site. And and you can see uh, the listing there. And those will all be posted on DCP when you go, and you can see where your nearest qualifying site may be. And if you work your way through and you get all the way through those, those sub-regionals, then those kids then move on to Augusta National the Sunday before the Masters. And that's where you see the culmination of this great um, collaborative approach. And I, I've always thought, you know, we and golf can do such a, a, a much better job of collaborating because we're all in this together. We want to grow this game. And uh, I think it's a, a good example of seeing kind of the governing bodies at the highest level come together. You know, really the yep. PGA professionals along with our section are tasked with these qualifying sites. The USGA has a role basically on the back end on the website side of it. And then Augusta really uses, I mean, think about having promotions for the drive chip and putt during March Madness. I mean, that's what they're doing. And they're promoting, you know, registering for this and competing in this. And so golf has, uh, you know, is in the spotlight there. Uh, so some great human interest stories, too, and these kids, these success stories. Oh, yeah. and, um, so that's what I do when a parent says, hey, how do I get my kid involved? I was at basketball a couple weekends ago. How do I get my kid involved? Well, you got to go to DCP. Start there. If they haven't played, start there. Uh, learn those disciplines and then go and just at least see it in a competitive arena. Jack, you would have been unbelievable in this. Those, I know you're chipping terribly, or so you say, but you used to be the greatest chipper of all time, and then you lost it for some reason. And you drive the ball perfectly, and you're the best putter I play with. You would have crushed it in this if they had that. It would have been a good event for me. Yes. <laughs> it would have been just money <laughs> for you. Right, right now, I'd be nervous as can be in that chipping. Would, can I'd you, be putting from wherever that Can you putt in those chips, Jeff? No, you I can't. Seen. No, you can't. You have to chip. So it's three. You get three drives, three putts, three chips. And, is there a club and you have to use a chipping club. <laughs> yeah, is there a club rule? One, one of those chippers? Is Double that what you're looking for? Well, you're at a putter? The backside <laughs> of your putter? Is that what you're looking for? The Texas Wedge is yeah. Jack's favorite chipper oh, right is. now. Yeah. Right, right now. I'm working on it. I've been working I on w- it. I watched him at Faribault, and he's on hole four, and I'm on hole three behind him or some other hole, and he's got this perfect upslope, which is a chipper's dream, Jeff. Yeah. Upslope. And then a flat green. And I'm looking over there, and oh, Jack putts it, and it barely gets it on the green. Oh, little did I know he was two under par at the time on, after three holes. And he's putting from out there, and I yell over and go, what are you doing? He goes, leave me alone. <laughs> Don't, mind your own business What's great or something when we, like that. When, when we go through our rounds after, we always go through our rounds, describe each shot on our, on our way home if we were driving. I always say I hit the green. Well, with this, I'm always on the green. I'm never, I never miss any greens. I know. All you right. Know, well, real quick, Greg, I was yeah. going to uh, – so one of those questions you asked earlier is like as sections you learn from each other. Well, we learned that the Southern California section has a DCP for their professionals. Oh, Jack Warrell. I'm not going to tell you what the purse was for it. Oh, because no. Because it's like $15,000 purse. 
for a DCP for professionals. But wouldn't that be fun to do? Uh, um, a DCP for the professionals. In the words of Greg Snow, let's go. No, yeah. it wouldn't be fun. It would be fun to okay. watch people like me kind of jab at a pot or something. Yeah. Uh, I think Jack th- Blesner came to saw me in the hospital. By the way, they told me, and yeah. that made me. Th- yeah, well, the double. He, he you know, he's this, the double. This gentleman double hits every putt that he makes, and now he, he doesn't have to take. He doesn't have no penalty, either. right? Uh, isn't putting no, different? Oh, is it? No, no penalty. We need Vincent. I'm putting. No We're penalty. Need Vincent. Yeah, on Vincent. That. Yeah. Call him. Where is he? All right, look at, look at us. We already him. need a tournament rules because we're not even in a tournament. <laughs> it's coming soon, though, Jack. We got the NCO coming up in a month, yeah. and we go by the rules. All right, let's segue into our newest member or staff member okay, yeah. of the Minnesota section. Jeff, why don't you announce our new uh, player development manager? Yeah, so Catherine Wagner. We're really excited to welcome Catherine Wagner from the Illinois. She's uh, came from the Illinois PGA section. She worked there for four years, and uh, we welcomed her to the team this week. And uh, she's going to be heading up player development and member services for us. And so all those things that we're talking about, drive, chip, and putt, mm-hmm. uh, junior league golf, which we'll get into probably here in a little bit, and really just um, player development initiatives, she's going to be instrumental in helping us kind of move the needle there. So being a service uh, to our members and helping with uh, – you know, those uh, inflatables that we bring and those kind of those uh, growth of the game kits that we bring out to the section professionals to help them in their in their communities help kind of move the needle. So Catherine, uh, she's a, a four-time All-American golfer wow. from uh, uh, Eau Claire. She played Eau Claire. Uh, she's a Division Three national champion. So she's a player, uh, which is great. And uh, Is she, she a PGA member? She's not, but she wants to become a PGA member. So we're going to get more, her. More money taken from us, Jack. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, so we're excited. And she started uh, Monday, and she's learning a lot. But it's great to have somebody that's been at the section level before, and she was there for four years. So um, she's she can't wait to get going here. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. good to hear because that DCP, from what we've heard in the past, it's a huge animal to tackle and kind of needs somebody with some energy, yeah. some excitement to go out. And, you know, they have to be all all up there all the time, yeah. you know, when they're dealing with those kids. And it's probably the reason why Jack and I aren't very good with juniors because <laughs> we can get up there. We just can't stay there. Yeah. Well, you in know? some cases, it's all day long, the right. entire day. So right. I can yeah. do 40 minutes. For, for That's sure, it. Jack. Your heart, your heart can't stay there. <laughs> we know that. Do you help with junior golf at the Pines? Uh, I don't do anymore. Stuff? I right, don't. you can't. You're not that person. I'll, I'll be honest, though. I started out that way, and I did it for the first four years. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I had more energy than probably. You had too. more energy, and you needed you needed the ching. Well, yeah, it helped. Right, you I, couldn't obviously. turn the ching down. No, no, right. but, but, it, but it, I'll tell you what. Remember, it, it, I've told Scotty on this. This is full honesty here. We don't, we don't sit there and just say, oh, I did it for the kids and all that stuff. That's great. But don't lie. I'm not lying. You know, we did it for the money. I, I had more fun we, driving the van back to the back of the range. And, I mean, honestly, we had a, we had a blast. Here's the non-fun part. When they come in and buy a membership now from me because they're that old. Oh, boy. Oh, right. Yeah. And I'm going, whoa. You know, it's funny. I always tell people this about lessons for me. I hate the anticipation of doing a lesson. But I know I need to do it for the financial aspect, right? I just need to help my family, whatever, whatever. When I'm done with the lesson, I never hate it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's unbelievable. I was like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. But I hate the anticipation of, oh, I got, oh, I need to do this. I got to do this. I got that to do. you don't like having, you don't have control. So true. Well, but My heart cannot do this. I look at it from a standpoint as you got to do it because you got to make the game more fun. And that's Jeff, don't that, tell me what I got to do. That, yeah, All I right? think you have Just, to do it. You have to do lessons because you're going to be able to teach somebody to have more fun playing the game, and they're going to play more. I would like to believe that, and I do have fun when I'm out there. But, again, 
that isn't how I feel when I'm sitting there going, I got this and this and this to do for the tournament that's coming up yeah, later that's in the true. day. And I, I got to go, oh, yep. I had to get yep. this lesson in. You know what I'm talking about, Jack. You've I do, but there. like you said, at the end of the lesson, it's so rewarding to know they're going to have more fun playing golf. That's right. And you run into them the rest of the year, and that's all they talk about is that lesson and how well I'm playing. It Maybe is amazing. Maybe not with your lessons. I don't know, but with <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> But they do. They, Spend they, my life they with them. They enjoy it. They enjoy do, it. Do you, do you, have you guys heard anything about PGA.coach? Do you know anything about it? No. Okay. Would it help me with my anxiety of having to go out and do a lesson? It is. It'll help you with your planning of your lesson. So uh, just real briefly, and there's going to be more information that's going to come out to, to the entire membership, but it was launched at the show uh, a couple weeks ago down in Orlando. It's PGA.coach. And basically what that is is uh, – Again, a collaborative approach. Uh, USA Golf's involved with it. USA Olympics, USGA, the LPGA, the PGA of America, uh, Augusta National, where it's uh, a teaching approach, uh, where it uh, gives PGA professionals an, an opportunity to build lesson plans around uh, their individual, um, uh, uh, whoever they're giving a lesson to. So. Uh, they use the American development model, which uh, hockey did, USA Hockey, and, and to the success of USA Hockey and really developing young players. And so it really is meant to develop young players and stay with them through their entire golfing career. So they call it from cradle to grave, uh, and it gives you a good foundation. And so that's the next new thing. And I think PJ Professional, probably, oh, here's another program. Here's Get Golf Ready. Here's Play Golf yep, America. Yep. This is the – there has been a lot of resources put towards this, and it's a collaborative approach. So. Jeff, would it help me with that? Oh, yeah, it'll help you with your scheduling. Oh, okay, yeah. so I'm showing Jeff my uh, – right. I mean, that was just January. Wait till <laughs> golf gets involved. You know, I, I, I'd love to chime in here. Maybe just take on less jobs. Oh, well, yeah. I, that's impossible. Mr. Point, City right? – County Commissioner. Count, oh, sorry, County. County commissioner. That's okay. We do get, we're basically the same as the city councilman, just at the uh, at the county level. Okay. So yes, that's a good point, Jeff. Yes. We got a couple minutes left. Okay. Not too many. Maggie, she our awesome producer back here. She kind of will keep us on task. This is your chance to ask Jack and I anything you want to oh, ask us. Oh my gosh. Anything that we are we are an open book here. We want to get to know you better. I mean, I've gotten to know you probably better than Jack has, but. Uh, just because we've been in boardrooms together. And I sat next to him at Timberwolves. You've dude. kind of, yeah. oh, oh that's good bonding. Some but you've probably yeah. heard my uh, my sarcasm, my jokes, my seriousness. You've kind of seen all side of me probably in those boardrooms. I have. And so ask away. We're ready. Oh, okay. You put me on the spot here. What do you I did mo- a little bit. All right, so what are you most excited about this year coming up? Oh, wow. Jack, you first. Uh, <laughs> okay, that was unfair. No, 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 I'm ready. It's a pretty broad you question. Are? I'll, it is. I'll, I'll be honest. At, at, at Grandview, we just added 400-plus rooms this year. Did plus you really? a rec center, plus a hotel. Oh, wow. And so uh, I'm ultra excited to see how that all comes together. And obviously on our end at the golf course, we're going we're gonna to have a busy year. Yes, you are. And so uh, we're super excited. We're planning on definitely a, an uptick in our rounds, and we've modified our tee sheets to kind of accommodate more people. So Really excited about it. I, obviously, I've been there for 18 years, so it's the biggest change I've seen at Grandview. And uh, I, I, I'm, you know, everyone across the board at the resort, from the restaurant to the spa to the golf to the lodging, we're just excited to see what happens and uh, happy and to have some more people. The guard course is dead, right? No, no. It is, it is going to open on course. August 1st, nine holes, all about 100 yards. Oh, okay. You just so, kind of modified yeah, it because you needed some of that land, right? We did, yeah. Obviously, yeah. to build that many units, you had to use that land. It was prime real estate yep. for the resort. Hmm. and uh, But... You know, I think it's going to work out better. It's still growing the grain. It's perfect. 
for our golf groups, it's great too. They can take one cl- or two clubs and a drink and go play a, yeah. a mm. quick skins game at night. So, yeah. okay. oh, that's exciting. Do you have 400 rooms you've added in Olivia? No, no, but that, I'm glad Jack said that. <laughs> Is the that sheep shed adding 400 rooms? <laughs> no, we are talking about a new hotel in Olivia, though. You big are. Big news. Yeah, big news, you guys. Okay. Anyways, uh, I'm glad you said that, Jack, because that helps me think of what I, get, I think I'm most excited about, which, again, uh, two nights ago we had our meeting, which, and I told Jack about this. We're in the process of building a new maintenance shed. And I've kind of, uh, I don't want to say task, but kind of been put in as the lead of that committee to kind of keep it going and keep things moving and where are we going, where are we heading, all within a small budget, of course. So that's where it gets intriguing because in small communities like that, we're going to have members donate. Members will donate wow. money towards it. And, yeah. again, you'll never hear that at a Grandview Lodge because, again, it's private. Our members it. donated all these rooms. Well, it's a whole <laughs> different deal. It's a whole different entity. And so you're just you're dealing with different you know, again, I always laugh that our yearly revenue is Jack's weekend. Oh, boy. You know, when we're talking uh, wow. his 4th of July is uh, our $315,000 <laughs> budget. That's his 4th of July. So it's just on a whole different deal yeah. and a different scale. So that does kind of excite me there. Yeah, that's good. And the process of how that's going. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And also, you guys, maybe uh, I'll, I'll do a shameless plug here. My daughter is going to sign with Northern. I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. So we had an awesome moment Wednesday night good at for home. You. That was super special. I'm and glad you were a part of it. Uh, I was a part of it, yeah. And that's what the first, we, we were on speakerphone, and uh, Brent, the coach, was like, Dad, how you feeling? <laughs> there, you know? And, of course, after the hang-up, that's when the emotional breakdown kind of went. You know, it's, and I didn't know how to feel because I'm like, oh, it's already done. You know, kind of like the yeah. you know, all this stuff. But last year, my daughter got to play in a tournament right here, right in the Minneapolis Convention Center. They play volleyball in here, Jeff. Oh, wow. And uh, it was super cool, a super neat that's experience, neat. and that's kind of part of what all that is. So that excites me. I get to watch her and my other daughters in this stuff too now. They just love volleyball, so they don't have time for the junior PGA. Oh. You know, again, Dad tears up a little bit on that, but we, we kind of move forward. Are you doing so. junior league golf at your facility? Oh, we didn't talk about junior no. league golf. Do you have a team? or I don't, know. Oh, and again, we, we've tried some uh, junior stuff, and they're all so busy with work and everything. It always just kind of fell apart. Yeah. And again, rural computing, they're milking the cows. And again, I know sure some of them are going to be listening, but it's true. They're out helping on the farm, and, you know, it's tough for them to find. Even we did this, we gave away the farm on Sundays for them to come out and play. We, the boosters had a, a, an incentive program to kind of put money into their account for chip, pop, pizza, whatever, mm-hmm. if they came out and play. Didn't have an interest. So, again, uh, everything's different to d- different people. But I know that that junior league thing, uh, team golf, is becoming a big deal, especially in the cities and whatnot. Again, because individual on my own kind of scares right. people. But right. now if I'm part of something, and I, I'm sorry we didn't have time to That's get okay. into that. But, um, Jack, anything to add before we close out here? You know, I was just looking at my text messages. Was it too early to crack jokes about your heart? But no, I guess we've gotten past absolutely that. not. Yeah. I'm here. I'm gonna get. I'm roughing basketball tomorrow. I'm gonna do it. You're drinking coffee today. Yes, roughing basketball tomorrow. Jeff, anything? Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, we love having yeah, yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, very I appreciate much. it. This was fun. I, I enjoyed the first uh, segment when you guys were talking about the rules and and the waste management and. Um, pretty exciting to see you know golf's in full swing now well even, even though even though it's minus whatever here it is and there's been years where we're like oh man in a couple of weeks we'll be golfing not this year 68 <laughs> days 
Is that when you open? Our date is 68 days Yeah, we don't set a date. Thank goodness. So, all right. With that, I think we'll wrap up the show right now. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank all of our sponsors out there that uh, that help us with this, the Minnesota Charitable Arm and those that are kind of keeping this going. I want to thank Jack Worrell for sitting in. Yeah, will I be here next time? For Scotty Mack. You (laughs) might. We're going to be next. We're going to be on location at the Fargo Dome. Maggie, is that correct? The Fargo Convention Center, we're going to be up there for the Dakota Chapter Golf Show, so to speak, right? Go, that they going have. off your health, I could be in. Jack, you're going to be there, so we're going to call you in one. if we need to. <laughs> and again, I don't know if I'm going to make it, although I feel great. <laughs> All right? And so for those of you who uh, texted me, Jeff, I had a lot of people text me, including you, uh, while I was down there, and I tried to respond to everybody. Thanks but for I the just response. want to say thank you. I did. I had nothing to do, believe it or not. <laughs> I watched a lot of volleyball, and I... I read some Bible, and uh, you know what? I, I, I had a lot of downtime. Let's put it that way. So yeah. at the end of the day, it was uh, it was probably good for me to just take a week and just chill in a hospital bed. Yeah. Well, we're so, glad you're with us. Yes, so, thank you very much. Yeah. So, again, uh, thank Jeff, thank Jack, thank Maggie, our producer. She always gets this stuff ready. And we did have an engineer here with uh, 1500 helping us out. So we, is, Jay? Jake. 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 Thanks for all your help, Jake, in getting all this stuff set up. With that, we're going to sign off here. Uh, Club Pro Chatter number six. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great day.